Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given the Christ, His Son. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ, His Son. Give thanks. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome, welcome, welcome to Daring Dialogues. I am your host, Shantae Charles. I hope that you have been having a great and wonderful day. Listen, we're going to talk inspiration today, but we are also going to talk realism today concerning the body of believers. That is what I woke up with on my mind and my heart today. And so I'm going to talk about it a little bit because (laughs) I want to remain motivated and inspired. And uh, some of the conversations that I see happening are not inspiring at all. So let's let's get into it and let's bring some uh, clarity. Let's bring some logic. Let's bring some uh, truth to the conversations that has been happening. There's one in particular that I'm going to tackle. And then if there's more things, we'll get to that. But let's start off with Black Pearls by Eric V. Kopich, Daily Meditations, Affirmations, and Inspirations for African Americans. I want to say happy May. Welcome to May. You have made it past the first, the threshold of the first quarter, and we are in May. So I hope that you take this new month as a opportunity to get a new start, a new hold on some things in your life, and really, really enjoy this month. Enjoy this month with what God has planned for you. Today's quote is actually coming from Quincy Jones, and the topic is relationships, which I think sort of fits in with what I want to cover next. He said, I know now that no other woman can take the place of a man's mother and that no man can take the place of a woman's father. The writer says, some of us are guilty of expecting our mates to live up to the inspiring example of our mother or father. When our partner fails to do so, we feel let down. A few of these relationships may work, but we are forced to acknowledge that no one can fill the shoes of another. It's unfair to expect a romantic partner to assume a parental role or compete with our idealized image of mom or dad. The needy children may linger in us, but we need to find other ways to assuage our pain. Or as some people would say, you need to um, heal your inner child or deal with the things that your inner child needs and not necessarily put that off on a partner. So the declaration says, on this day, I will take a few minutes to think about my spouse or significant other, 
I will note what there is about him or her that is unique and I will appreciate those qualities. So if you have a significant other or a spouse, consider doing that today. If you have a close friend that has been there for you in your life, consider and think about what qualities about them that you appreciate. And also make sure you're not taking for granted those relationships in your life. If you haven't said, you know, very explicitly and outwardly, hey, I love you. I thank God for you. I appreciate you. Thank you for always being there. Thank you for being in my life. Thank you for showing up. Um, try to do that today. Try to do that. Um, I was thinking about the We Dare Squad on yesterday. Um, and so many times how we have been able to come together We've been able to share. We've been able to pray for one another. We've been able to bring our concerns to each other in a very uh, private and confidential way. And God has done some wonderful things in the life of the people that I'm connected to. And I'm very thankful for that, very grateful for them. Every, every single person has a unique gift. Every single person has something unique and beautiful and special about them. Um, and they are needed in the world. And so if my squad is watching, those of you that are part of the We Dare Squad, I want to say thank you for showing up. Thank you for being there. Thank you for supporting what it is that we do with this media. Now, let's hop into this conversation because I said to myself, Lord, of all the things for the bodies of Christ to be talking about, of all the things, I mean, of all the things, scandals, people just doing ungodly things, people doing ungodly things in the pulpit and thinking it's okay, people abusing people on camera, people taking funds from the church or misappropriating funds from churches, sexual abuse cases happening, child abuse cases happening, <sighs> mishandling of their spouses cases are happening. This is all happening in the bodies of the Christ worldwide. And with all of this happening that I really don't see a whole lot of outrage about, by the way, of all the places to put your outrage, you would put it on this young lady right here. Anybody know who this young lady is? This young lady's name is Jacqueline Carr. Jacqueline Carr. And this is the picture that is providing the latest outrage for people. Okay? This is the picture that's providing the outrage. Now, I showed you that picture because I took some pictures this morning myself. And I'm going to show you my pictures. <clears throat> Bear with me for those of you who are, um, for those of you who are on podcast. So this is my first picture I took this morning. I'll wait. <laughs> and this is my second picture I took this morning. Because, yes, I'm giving people 
the side eye. <laughs> and this is my third picture I took this morning. So my question is, <laughs> my question is, how many of us is it that y'all actually hate? <laughs> and y'all are just channeling it through Jacqueline. I want to know. I want to know. I need an answer today. I need an answer today. Please share this broadcast. So this is what I wrote to my 67,000 followers today on Black Tabletop. This is what I said. I have followed her career since she was singing and preaching as a young child, and I have. Like, I don't follow her closely, but I remember when she first came out. I remember she had a beautiful voice. I remember that, you know, she had been groomed as a very young child to go into the ministry and into preaching, and she's been doing that. And I followed, you know, her progression into, you know, her music and things like that. When she has music, new music coming out, I've listened. Not one time have I heard this young lady's name been in anybody's scandal. Not once, which is, believe it or not, a feat if you're a part of the gospel music industry, okay? I have followed her career since she was singing and preaching as a young child until now. People do not believe that beautiful women are envied and attacked for it. I have plenty of beautiful friends that get attacked all the time. And people don't think that that's a thing, but it is, okay? People do not believe that beautiful women are envied and attacked for it. Well, behold the responses to this young lady simply for existing and putting on environment-appropriate attire. She did a photo shoot for her birthday. She went out to a farm. She had on riding clothes, which is appropriate if you're on a farm with horses. You ever had a tick get on you? Huh? <laughs> Some of y'all clearly have not been in an equestrian setting, okay? As an equestrian lover myself who has ridden a few times, this is standard attire. She is standing, she is not bent over, she is not tooting her booty to make it appear whatever. She is not twerking, she is simply standing by a horse, existing. So now my question is, what is in your mind that is projecting onto her body? What do you have going on in your mind that is projecting onto her body. She's existing in her body. What are we out here doing, people? What are we doing? As many scandals, issues, and fires that the body of Christ is putting out weekly, weekly, sometimes daily, in a week, this should not be one of them. This should not be one of them. Say it with me. This should not be one of them. She is beautiful. Take it up with God, not the internet. You got a problem with the way that girl is shaped, that young woman is shaped. Take it up with God, not the internet. Because that's who created her. 
And no, I don't care who you are. I really don't at this point. Trying to contrive and concoct a scandal over her photo makes you look like an intellectually challenged busy body. Please do better. Do better. Do better. Here's another photo of her. Now this, I don't believe this was part of her photo shoot, but Jacqueline Carr is 26. She's not 86. She's 26. It's called age appropriate attire. She's with horses. And if we'll be really honest, some people are more scantily clad when they go stand in the pulpit. But she's not in a pulpit. She's outside with horses. So when I saw this fake outrage, I'm going to tell you about my own stories. I don't, I don't really like talking about other people. If you notice, I like talking about me. So one of my stories, I went to go volunteer at a church. And you, I might have talked about this vaguely another time. But again, since we on the topic, <laughs> I went to go volunteer at a church. Married at the time, about a decade ago, maybe a little more over a decade, a little over a decade ago. This was before I, um, we began pastoring, but I was already an elder. I was already operating in ministry, doing ministry full time. And I went to, I was volunteering at a ministry and I was volunteering my skills that I normally get paid for such as um, helping with people's programs, editing, that kind of stuff, looking for errors in, in the ministry's announcements and that kind of stuff. And I thought everything was going fine until I got pulled aside and I got told I can no longer volunteer for the ministry anymore. And I was like, okay, is there, is there something wrong? Is there something I did? I was told... You can't volunteer anymore because um, the the minister that you're assisting, um, your butt is bigger than his wife's. Take a sip with me. Just say la that. Take another sip. Your butt is bigger than his wife's. And we can't have you coming around doing, um, we can't have you coming around doing volunteer service because it would be distracting. And that was the end of my volunteer service. Now, did they have someone else to help them? No. Did they care about that? No. Did I look up every week and see errors where they should where there should have been none? Yes. Ridiculous. But this is the world that we're living in. And I need people to understand that. 
Like this is the world that we're living in. People literally having a problem with you in your own body. Not in, not enhancements. If you choose to enhance your body, that's fine. But people having problems with you just for existing in your body. So what do you do with that? Well, you know what I did with that? I continued to be myself. I continued to do ministry. I continued to assist with people who appreciated and wanted assistance. And I kept it moving. But what that said to me was, until we deal with internally, until we deal with some of the misogyny, some of the misogynoir, some of the chauvinistic attitudes, some of the attitudes we project onto women, literally making your body a sin, making it sinful for you to just exist as a woman. Until we deal with that, we're going to continue to have problems in this thing called the body of Christ. There was no discussion about why would he be looking at me? Because I'm not giving him a reason to look at me. I'm not here to be looked at. I'm here to volunteer and help. There was no discussion about that. So then my question was, has he done something in the past that would make you have this conversation with me? Because whatever he's done in the past has nothing to do with me or who I am or who I represent. And my husband is crazy. So, yeah, it, it, it's none of that. Like, no. But there was none of that. There was a projection of a thought. There was a projection of an idea. And you can no longer do this. So, as I read some of the comments about, you know, what was being put out there about her. So many people that, of course... The religious sector is not hearing. So many people said, this is the foolishness. This is why people are walking away in droves, running away at times from religious spaces because nobody wants to put up with this kind of stuff. That's not germane to the gospel. If she was actually doing something that was against the gospel, I could see you might be, you might want to address it, but she's not. And so when we take things that are ordinary occurrences in life and we try to spiritualize them and then we try to demonize people, that is a huge, huge turn away from people receiving anything you have to say about the gospel and certainly anything you have to say about Christ. So I want us to be mindful today. 
I need us to be mindful. I need us to be mindful that if we say we are of the body of Christ, we've got to have a better conversation. We've got to um, have a better way of addressing something. We've got to make sure that what we're addressing is actually something that's necessary to address because this was not necessary. Any of these people who felt that she was out of line or unspiritual or ungodly or getting too secular, all these phrases that have been used, anybody who felt that, this young lady seems pretty approachable. Her family seems pretty approachable. You could have messaged, you could have had a private conversation, but no, you decided to sensationalize her. And really, you decided to dehumanize her. You decided to diminish her down to her body parts. So the work that she's been doing, she's been doing this since she was around 13, maybe younger. She's 26 now. Over a decade. And this is what you choose to illuminate. Have you shared any of her music? Have you shared any of her encouraging words? No, this is what you choose to illuminate in this hour. I didn't hear this much outrage over the Easter program that had flames and fires and and Beyonce <laughs> and Beyonce uh skits. I didn't hear this much outrage over that. But a photograph for a photo shoot during someone's birthday, this is where we this is the hill that we want to die on. I mean, be for real. Be for real. Be for real. So we gotta stop this. We gotta stop doing this. Stop making people's life that is a normal lived occurrence. Stop dramatizing things to the point where if there really is something happening serious in the body, nobody's going to take you seriously. Because this is what you are saying is a travesty. We have so, so many more things that the body of Christ needs to be worried about. And when I say worried, I mean concerned with. <laughs> we have whole wars going on. A lot more things that we need to be concerned about. A lot more. So let's get our minds back right. Let's get our priorities back together. That's what I wanted to talk about today. My motivation, my motivation for you and my motivation for myself is to not let small-mindedness deter you from what it is you know you were sent here to do do you know what you were sent here to do that's an open question do you know what you were sent here to do and are you doing it are you engaging in it it's a new month 
It's a new day. Are you engaging in it? Lastly, one more thing I wanted to share this morning. I came across this affirmation. It's called the Anti-Capitalist Affirmations. It does not have an author on it. So I will attribute it to Anonymous right now. Anti-capitalist affirmation simply um, means that your life does not revolve around worshiping money. There's more to life than money. I know some people don't think that. But in over here, there is more to life than money. Do we need money? Yes. Do we need to make money? Yes. Do we need to have money for life and to be able to serve others with money? Yes. Do we worship money? No. So I want to look at these anti-capitalist affirmations. The first says, I am allowed to spend my time creating things, even if they are not beautiful. What have you created recently that was not as beautiful as you thought it could be? Did you just enjoy creating for the sake of creating? I tried to, um, (laughs) I tried my hand at a little floral arrangement the other day with some tulips and I came back and those tulips were gone. They were also gone. They were droopy and they ain't come back. They didn't resurrect. (laughs) So I had to get rid of them, but at least I tried, right? Here's another one. There is no such thing as a real job. All forms of work are real and valid. You ever heard somebody say, oh, you need to get a real job. Ma'am, sir, let's not do that to people. If they're making an honest living, let them make an honest living. Yeah, let's do that. All jobs are real and all jobs are needed, especially in this life. I need the person who disposes of trash. I need them to come every week. Because at one point in America, that was not a job. Did you know that? There just used to be trash on the streets. (laughs) And sewage. And people tinkly sprinkling out of their window and letting it hit the ground. Until we developed sanitation measures which created jobs which created the need for someone that comes and disposes of trash so that is a real job and i need them to do it every real week that there is there is nothing that i need to accomplish to be worthy i am already worthy i hope you woke up this morning knowing that you are already worthy Even if you do not check off anything on your list to do, even if you get one thing done out of the 30 or you get 29 things done out of the 30 or you get everything done that you need to get done today, you are already worthy. Here's another one. Doing nothing is good for my soul. Now, I don't know about you, but I grew up in a house where you couldn't just sit and do nothing. You had to be doing 
something. A lot of us grew up in households like that. That to be sitting still and to not be doing something was to be considered what they called idle, right? Anybody ever heard that phrase? An idle mind is the devil's workshop. <laughs> I heard that plenty of times growing up and I'm like, what does that mean? But no, you should have some time where you are allowed to think and plan. Here's another one. I am not defined by what I produce. If you don't produce another thing, if I don't produce another CD of music, if I don't produce another book, although I'm working on a couple, I am not defined by what I produce. Here's another. My worth cannot be measured by my paycheck, my job title, or a list of professional or academic achievements. Notice it didn't say that any of those things were wrong or bad, but you shouldn't be measuring your worth by them. You are worthy simply because you are a human being created in the Imaho day, in the image of God. I do not need to pro I do not need to monetize my hobbies. It is enough to spend time doing something I love. Now I know there are people in this world that say everything you do ought to bring you some money. I hope that you're not living like that today. I hope that there is at least one or two things that you just simply enjoy that you don't feel you need to turn into a business, but it's just something that you enjoy doing. Lastly, I will not let society decide what success looks like for me. I can define what a successful look, life looks like for me. Are you letting society define that for you? Or are you defining it for yourself? You know what a successful life looks like for me? A successful life looks like being able to teach who I want to teach when I want to teach them, how I want to teach them. It looks like the freedom to be able to share my expertise with people who need it. That's what success looks like for me. So in my eyes, I am successful because that's what I'm doing. And I'm really, really enjoying it. So I hope that I've said something that was helpful to you today. I hope as uh, if you are part of the Christian community, the religious Christian community, the faith community, um, I hope that I have said something that will hopefully get you thinking. Because yes, there are other faiths that have their standards for what they consider modesty. And when we look at other faiths, sometimes we're like, man, the only thing she can show us her eyeballs, that's a little overboard. But you know what? That's that faith's perspective on modesty. Over here in Christendom, I don't think we have a general standard. And somebody would say, well, that's y'all problem. You need a general standard. But whose standard are we going by? Whose standard are we going by? Because apparently fully clothed isn't the standard anymore. Fully clothed is not the standard. 
if we're harping on her, she's fully clothed. That's clearly not the standard anymore. So, again, what does success look like to you? If you are a person of faith, what does it look like to please God? And if you're pleasing God, if you're doing what he's told you to do, if you're holding to the standard that he's told you to hold to, then some things that you see in here, you're going to have to say, I'm standing, I'm holding to what God told me to do. I'm holding to who God told me to be. I'm standing in the person that God told me to be. And if somebody has a problem with that, then they're really going to have to take it up with God. Because I'm not here to argue about my existence or how it is that I exist in my body. We're not having that argument. You can go argue with somebody else, but we're not having that argument. All right. If you want to jump on camera and respond and share your thoughts, feel free to click the camera. If you are listening by Anchor, I want to thank you again for your time and attention. This has been another episode of Daring Dialogues, and I've been your host today, Shantae Charles. Remember, light is the most daring opposition to darkness, so continue to go out and be light. Take care and be well.